Welcome to the Wednesday Word, everyone. My name is Sarah Pay, and I am here with Hillary Klein, Anne Hardy, and Chris Devereaux. Hillary, will you please introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. Hillary Klein here. I am the youth director, or one of the youth directors here at Desert Springs. Welcome. So glad you're here. Thank you, Hillary. Anne, go ahead. My name is Anne Hardy. It's my pleasure to be here. My title at the church is Outreach Director. Um, I, my favorite thing lately is to um, be online and worship online and provide chat and prayer support for our online worshipers. Awesome. It's good to have that ministry. Thank you. And Chris, would you please introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Chris. I'm the Director of Technology and Design. And so, uh, yeah, I'm here setting up and making sure all the tech stuff works for everyone. Awesome. We are a good team. Thank you folks for being here. So what we have today is a devotional from Pastor David for October 6, 2021. He offers two scriptures to start and then um, a little bit about John Wesley and some questions for the group. So um, we'll start with 2 Corinthians 5, 11, 14 through 15. It reads, Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others, for Christ's love compels us. Because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. And our second scripture, Psalm 119.7, I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. So that's God's good word for us today. Um, something to think about as we move into these questions and thoughts from Pastor David. So as I go through his devotional, I'll be using the word I in um, Pastor David's voice, but I'll be reading what he has to say. So at age 55, John Wesley started preaching grace, and he did so with great enthusiasm. Wesley knew the difference God's grace had made in his life, and he had to preach about it. Grace is a small word that captures a huge variety of experiences. God is gracious, and God expresses grace in many ways. It is grace that brings us to believe. It is grace that saves us. It is grace that grows our, us in our faith. It is grace that convicts us when something in our life needs to change. It is grace that comforts us, heals us, encourages us, assures us. We experience God's love in action in our lives in countless ways. And the experience of God's love is part of what we mean by the word grace. So looking back over my life, as in Pastor David's life, I can see grace working in my life in many ways. It was the grace of God that led me to Desert Spring. While preparing to preach each week during the revival series, God's grace has been bringing revival to my spirit. And because of God's grace at work in my life, over the course of the pandemic, I am more patient and understanding. God's grace continues to impact my life, guiding me and growing me in faith. So, first question is up, team. <laughs> um, I'm going to ask Anne first, and then we'll go to Hillary. Looking back over your life, Anne, what are some ways you can see God's grace at work? Well, it's a, it's a great question and a big question. Um, but like Pastor David, um, God brought me to Desert Spring. I was worshiping in a different denomination altogether, and I wasn't really happy. Um, I had a toddler and a baby at the time, and I wasn't really happy with what was going on at the church, and I really wanted a strong 
um, children's ministry to bring my children up in. So I decided to go church shopping, um, and Desert Spring is the closest church to my home. So uh, that's this is where I started, and um, I attended a few worship services uh, before I brought my daughter, um, who was three three at the time, and um, I was very nervous because I didn't know. It was a new denomination. I didn't know what the principles were. I didn't know what they were going to be teaching the kids, and so I asked if I could stay for the entire class. Um, this was in the preschool room. And the teachers who were volunteers, they were not staff members, um, welcomed me and said, of course you can stay. And that really put me at ease. And I just think of Desert Spring as being this really welcoming place where you can have these kinds of fears and they're addressed and it's okay. Um, to not know exactly what's going to go on, but such a welcoming environment. And that was 20 years ago. So since then, I think God has been using Desert Spring as this place to kind of mature my faith. So I walked in not knowing anything about Methodism at all. And then a few years later, you know, I uh, well, a little bit later, I started volunteering. And then I was asked if I could temporarily be on staff, um, super part-time, like 10 hours. And then, you know, that kind of grows into this full-time, you know, 10 years later, I'm still here at this temporary job. And, and I can just see God's hand all over that. Um, and it's just amazing to me that's, that God's grace and using Desert Spring as, as a tool in my life. Mm, absolutely. And thank you so much for sharing. And, you know, sometimes we hear the phrase, God blesses us so that we can bless others. And I think we can all attest to how you've blessed us, Anne, because oh, we're you. so glad that you minister in the way that you do here at Desert Spring. Thank you so much. I, I really do feel called to Desert Spring, and I'm thankful to God for bringing me here. Yes, your calling is clear. That's a very, very good feeling, I'm sure. So, um, Hillary, what are, what are your thoughts on this question? Um, looking back over your life, what are some ways you can see God's grace at work? Well, I really love how Pastor Dave outlined the different ways that grace is shown. So grace convicts us when something in our life needs to change, and grace is also there to comfort us, which can seem like such contradictory statements sometimes. Mm. But um, looking back at an old song uh, we used to sing in a previous church, it, um, I don't remember the name of the song. Chris, you might. <laughs> uh, it goes along the lines of, what if I stumble? What if I fall? What if I lose my step and make fools of us all? Will your love continue? Will my walk become a crawl? What if I stumble? What if I fall? Which has mm. always like really resonated with me too, because man, sometimes I'm just not the most gracious person. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I am a very rigid, lay down the law kind of person. And part of it is being able to accept God's grace and know that yes, I screw up. The first part of being able to move on from that, though, is recognizing and taking responsibility and ownership for that. And it's so much easier to do when we know that God's grace is there to, to unfold us mm -hmm. um, and allowing us to take that first step. Beautifully said. Yeah, yes. Amen. Thank you, Hillary. That's so true. And, and a lot of times we do. We think about God um, and his grace and then 
think about giving ourselves grace or giving others grace it comes from who God is so you you really outlined that very well thank you um let's see so John Wesley relying upon scripture preached that God's grace is offered freely to all people at the at that heart of his proclamation was the understanding that Christ died for all people not just for some which means Christ died for you and for me for everyone you know and encounter for everyone in today's scripture from second corinthians saint paul said we try to persuade others about the grace of god offered through jesus christ and wesley was excited and determined to do the persuading of course at its best persuasion can be an act of love for another person but at its worst persuasion can be an act of manipulation and misuse of power so thinking about persuasion at its best what do you believe is the best way for you to persuade someone of the importance of jesus christ for their life do you believe your stories of experiences with grace could be helpful for another person to hear okay and so what comes to mind for you well i think about persuading people to jesus christ and i just i i think i can't persuade someone to give their life to Jesus Christ. But what I can do is tell people uh, about what Jesus has done in my life. And hopefully that they will see, you know, something of that reflected in their own lives. Um, so I, I don't, I'm, ex- I'm glad that Wesley thought he could persuade people, but I, <laughs> I just don't know if I have those same powers of persuasion Hmm. um i think it is very important to tell stories of faith which is why i'm excited we've got this podcast um so we can say how god is working in our lives and Mm -hmm. and how god is showing us um grace absolutely and and maybe sometimes too the most persuasive um example is exactly that it's a model it's a life you know and others see your life, Anne, and they think, wow, you know, I have seen God at work in Anne's life. Um, for example, the matriarch conversation that you had with Pastor David was was a beautiful example of that. And though you may not have been trying to persuade, it was still a very compelling conversation. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that was that was a good experience talking good. to Pastor David about faith, and that was that was a that was a neat thing. Yes, happened. it was a very cool yeah. thing that the church did. Um, Hillary, what about you? I'm going to repeat the question because it's kind of a long one. Um, So thinking about persuasion at its best, what do you believe is the best way for you to persuade someone of the importance of Jesus Christ for their life? Do you believe your stories or experiences or of experiences with grace could be helpful for another person to hear? So Jesus Christ for some of us holds a very big part in our life and for others maybe just a small part or some people have not allowed Jesus into their life just yet. But even just a little bit, even just a little drop can lead us along a very big path. Mm. So there are some testimonies that are very strong and powerful. And then sometimes there's just small acts of grace too that we can show to another person that gets that ripple effect going. Um, so I, I do consider myself a baby Christian. I, I was born in the church. I've been with the church a very long time, but it's mostly because my parents introduced me to church. It's not because I've gone on this 
big exploration of my faith and my relationship with God. And it's still continuing to grow and build. And I think just allowing people to understand that, that you want to make that commitment to Christ, but he also knows and he understands that it is not easy to make this huge commitment. Mm -hmm. And even if you're taking those first little steps, that still goes a long way in the end. And so in sharing my story with other people, or even just giving a small little act of grace or a small little act of kindness, I know that maybe that can have that ripple effect. So yes, I do think that the stories of my experiences can be helpful to other people to hear, even though they're not big immaculate stories. It's still just those little mm-hmm. droplets. Right. Well, and Hillary, I can attest to the fact that you are consistently kind and gracious with me, and I need that. And that is a testimony in and of itself. So thank you for that. Um, and thank you for what you said. I think that's really important for people to keep in mind that God honors those steps of obedience. You know, if they're taken in kindness, if they're taken in grace, God really can magnify those things um, when we obey his word. So thank you. Um, So let's see. Once people were persuaded by grace, Wesley would organize them into small groups of people who would meet regularly for encouragement, support, accountability, prayer, and more. To help guide the groups, Wesley created three general rules to live by. These rules were intended to help people answer questions about what faithfulness requires and how to live as a Christian in this world. Bishop Job, or Job, Job, in his book Three Simple Rules, paraphrased Wesley's three general rules. Do no harm, do all the good you can, and stay in love with God. While these rules are simple, they are not easy. Sometimes it is difficult to know if our actions can cause some harm, and it is not always easy to know what doing good requires. And temptations and distractions can result in losing sight of our priorities. Even so, I have found that keeping these rules in mind challenges me to think carefully about my priorities and actions. And when I don't know what to do in a situation, I can fall back upon the rules and try to do no harm, or try to find a way to do good, or simply turn to God with gratitude and praise. If in doubt, give thanks, right? Right, that's right. (laughs) So, Anne, how might these three simple rules help you live a life of faithfulness in a world like ours? Can you think of ways in, in which each of these rules could be helpful to you this week? What is one step you can take to align your life more closely with the spirit of these rules? That's a whole uh, three questions <laughs> right there. So we'll maybe we'll break it down. Um, the three simple rules. Um, how might how might you apply them? Well, I think Pastor David touched on it. We are, there are so many distractions um, in our world and distractions to our faith, and um, it. I think we need to remember um, to stay in love with God. And I. Um, these rules even help me to decide what to post on social media, you know, do no harm. Well, that's a biggie on social media. There's a lot of harm that can come out um, from posting the wrong thing or something that you're comfortable with can be controversial to someone else. Um, and so these rules, um, I can even fit them into scheduling my day. Um, you know, how do I stay in love with God? Well, I, ske- I can schedule in um, Bible reading, and I can schedule in prayer. Um, and then for do all the good you can, 
maybe I can remember as I move through the community in my day, running, maybe running errands or something, that um, I can be kind. Maybe the best thing, the good that I can do in the moment is to be kind to someone that's not having a good day or mm-hmm. is blocking you know, the aisle with their shopping cart or something. Um, so they're just snappy and easy to remember, I think. Absolutely. Throughout the day. And that's very practical, too, thinking, okay, how can I make time in my day for each of these? And in my daily life at the grocery store, that's very helpful to keep in mind. Thank you, Anne. Um, Okay, Hillary, the first question, how might these three simple rules help you live a life of faithfulness in a world like ours? So I love that you guys did mention in what you were saying about time, too, and scheduling that time and making that time. And I know I've said this previously when I was on the podcast, too, but we are creatures of habit and creatures of schedule a lot in today's world. And we tend to make a lot of time to do things. We make time to go to work. We make uh, time to go to our kids' activities. <laughs> I am in that boat with gymnastics right now. Whew. We make time for all of those things, but we forget to make time for God. And if you are a scheduler, you got to schedule it. <laughs> you got to actually physically put in that time block to make time for God and to make time for yourself too. Part of doing no harm and doing all the good you can, good you can is not just looking and taking care of others, but taking care of yourself so you can take care of others. So I think that that's, that's something that we do really want to keep in mind. I mean, don't go overboard here. <laughs> but uh, in doing no harm, are you taking care of yourself so you can take care of others? Are you giving yourself mommy time so that you're not going home after work and yelling at your children? Um, are you giving your husband or your wife that time so that you guys are, are sharing that intimacy with each other and being a couple and being in that relationship together so that you can be better in the light of God and and better in the community and serving the community. Are you making that time for God too? Mm-hmm. Um, so making that time and, and, and actually scheduling that time, not, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take five minutes today to pray to God and to have that five minute time with God. But at nine o'clock, I am setting aside right. five minutes to make that time with God can be so incredibly important for us too. Mm-hmm. With the world and looking at John Wesley's rules of, um, of doing no harm, of doing all the good you can and stay in love with God, that in love with God part two is just so incredibly critical because mm-hmm. it's easy in this world to lose faith sometimes, to lose faith in humanity, to lose faith in mm-hmm. yourself, to lose faith in other people and to lose faith in God. Mm-hmm. Um, so keeping that as a reminder and finding those little things that fill up your God love tank is mm-hmm. so incredibly critical in being able to do the good and and do no harm in the world. Yes. Yes. Making time for for your relationship with God. Absolutely. And um, if I could add my two cents on <laughs> that thought, it's just um, would be to slow down mm-hmm. and create margin in your life for that. Right? Because the fast-pacedness that our culture observes so often can be a distraction from from yes. spending time with Jesus. Yeah, so. Absolutely. Um, is there anything that anyone else would like to add um, before we offer a little blessing and close out? Well, um, I think it's important. The last um, question of that paragraph Mm -hmm. is, what is one step you can take to align your life more closely with the spirit of these rules? Mm -hmm. So I think maybe maybe it is helpful to have a you know where does the rubber meet the road on these things 
you know, what is the step you're going to do this week? So is it, you know, is it scheduling, you know, five minutes or 10 minutes of prayer with God? Or, or is it, um, you know, scheduling out time to just sit with your kids and, you know, touch base and how are you doing? And um, I think that it's, it's helpful to have a concrete plan mm-hmm. of how um, you're going to align your life. It's not yeah. like just some nebulous thing. I'm going to align my life with these, you know. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right, Anne. And, you know, it's occurred to me, too, in um, being co-directors of the youth group with Hillary, is that spiritually the youth will only grow as far as we grow. You know, we can't lead them into territory that we've never been in. So I really do want to commit to having a stronger devotional every morning. And that can be a tactile goal for me. Yeah. So giving yeah, 30 great. minutes to God every morning, yeah. which is something that I do sometimes, but I want to commit right. toward. Um, so, for example. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I think for myself, I would love to have kind of more scripture in my hip pocket. So mm. I'd love to I'd love to do some memorization. Um, but again, that's kind of nebulous. Gee, I'd like <laughs> to have more scripture memorized. But you know, the rubber's got to meet the road somewhere and mm-hmm. you've got to schedule it and get it in. Yeah. Stay in love with God. Yes. Absolutely. And I think exploring too what it means for, for our listeners, ways that you can connect with God too, because some of us are really super into podcasts or uh, listening online or I, I love my audiobooks, believe me. <laughs> and it's, it's a lot easier sometimes for me to be able to say, okay, I'm going to put on the Bible in my car or I'm going to find a podcast to listen to. And even if it's just while I'm driving in between appointments or whatever that's at least giving some time and I know that I can commit to that consistently and pretty soon it becomes that habit and we have to just keep on practicing and it might just be a little step but again those steps can become better and more powerful actions Mm -hmm. amen amen um Lord Jesus thank you for giving us this time to uh, meet with you and meet with each other and ask ourselves how to um show up in our relationship with you God, you've been gracious, and we want to be gracious in return. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Thank Sarah. you. Thank you, everyone.